It's time for Yusuf on Security, the show that keeps you informed on all things cyber. Ibrahim is here, lots to talk about. In this episode, we will cover a topic that is in every security analyst nightmare. Some technical details of what that entails and more. It's all coming up next on Yusuf on Security. This is Yusuf on Security, episode 2, recorded Saturday, February 13, 2021. Your adversary is in. Now what? So let's say you are facing your adversary. It's relentless. It knows what to look for. It's up to you. What do you do? In most cases, your adversary is silent in today's threat landscape. It's faceless. And they have an end in mind. They want to shut down the endpoint protection, encrypt targeted internally and external um, data, and then ask for ransom. It can move laterally um, throughout the network. It will steal data. It wants to control cloud applications, but also steal credentials to access your SaaS. It wants to sabotage. So this is essentially what we are facing. And we have a reality. Let's talk about it. There is a shortage of security analysts and people who are good at preventing breaches. This is a um, what the U.S. Department of Homeland Security said. While big organizations have often dedicated greater resources towards cybersecurity, small and medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs face the same cybersecurity challenge and threats with limited resources, capacity, and personnel. And that's really um, what is actually happening. So statistically, when you look at that report, one to, one to 500 users, employees, don't actually have a dedicated security personnel. Five to 1,000, probably one. 1,000 to 5,000 employees, maybe three. I mean, you get the picture. And when the adversary is in and look at and scans the network and sees two different machines, they may look the same to you, but for him or her, they are different. For example, they will go for domain infrastructure because that is the path of least resistance. And what is worse, um, a malware that you hear and detect and can see, i.e. like a ransomware, because it doesn't, it doesn't hide itself, otherwise it will not accomplish its role. Or do you want to see the one that comes in and say, yeah, let's see what's in there, and you never see it. So the challenge is detecting what you don't see, essentially. It's constantly changing in terms of, obviously, threats. Um, um, I can think of multiple threats um, from supply chain to DNS to etc., so, for example, you know, just to name a few, um, VPN filter, and you can actually, um, you can just Google all of this, VPN filter, Olympic destroyer, sea cleaner, um, cleaner uh, cryptocurrency mining, bad rabbit, um, not betia, DNS sabotage, and so on and on and on. It's, it's just relentless. And then you also need to understand the kill chain. And the kill chain, obviously, is that um, lineage of um, steps that the adversary follow in order to accomplish their um, their goal. Um, I've talked about the kill chain and what it is in a more detail in a different session, so you might need to just browse and actually listen to that. But the kill chain, very briefly, starts with um, the methods um, that the adversary is following, and that will be initial reconnaissance, um, initial compromise, 
and then establishing foothold um, in the organization that they have compromised um, if they don't have the right privilege um, escalating privileges um, we'll have a look at what that exactly means and then maintaining um, and um, getting hold of the investment that they actually achieved by maintaining persistence um, moving laterally to actually gather more information and maybe reaching higher goals um, and then carrying out um, internal initial reconnaissance um, possibly to scan um, with typical um, tools that we already have um, by using what is called um, living of the land um, directory services scanning and then they will steal credentials and essentially complete their mission and exit now it might be that they wanted to come back and in that case they will probably going to install um, remote access trojan or backdoors um, to maintain persistence if they had um, struck gold and this is what they were looking for and that's it they will then obviously own that environment but if they don't and they wasted in their eyes they wasted their time they were probably going to sell it um, to the to other um, people who can make money because you know my garbage is someone else's gold essentially so they will maximize on return of investment and there are only three ways um, for example to gather more information it might be asking themselves within the organization when they are inside the network where am I um, they might actually decide where to go by by doing network scan uh, how can I get there um, where I want it to be? And most of the time, um, it will be directory services so that they can actually gather more and more information. But in order to do that, they have to steal credentials. Maybe they compromise this at the entry point um, during the second phase of the kill chain. And that will be when the adversary is, is essentially attempting to um, to steal password. This is credential theft. And the aim is to impersonate the end user, move laterally through the network, um, and obviously establish persistent as we said um, and then at a later stage exfiltrate data available um, to the compromise account and there are multiple hacking penetration tools some of them legitimate some of them not legitimate you know things like um, mimikatz hash damp and the adversary can still um, password hashes without actually um, the need of cracking um, um, online because they can take it offline and come back when that is actually done with a lot of more powerful tools that they may have at their disposal um, and, and essentially then um, carry out more and more um, damage. Um, if the credentials that they've cracked is essentially not good enough to reach where they want, then they will do what is called privilege escalation. And um, privilege escalation is essentially hijacks machines to gain privilege um, that will give them access to higher resources that are more um, that are more useful for them and lucrative resources and this can be privilege escalation through process ownership and gaining access to restricted files and folders and devices um, there's always going to be multiple um, vulnerability that exists, different software that we actually use. Um, and you can really, th you know, read about, um, you know, ticket theft and um, script um, tools and, and so on and so forth. So the target essentially um, is, is what they're looking for. They're not really wasting time of, of just cracking password and obtaining things. They want to gain something. And um, privilege escalation can be lateral. So, you know, through social engineering, where um, someone will probably end up at a machine that is a, a that 
a person of trust owns, for example, the advice of the CEO or the um, the um, personal record keeper of the um, chief financial officer. That person is a high trust. So if the adversary essentially masquerades as that person, then they can potentially cause a lot more damage than a technical um, privilege escalation. What is a technical privilege escalation? Well, it's essentially what you what you probably would know is essentially moving from a user level to administrator level um, all the way until someone um, obtains a directory services level, enterprise admin, then all bets is out of the table and essentially checkmate. You own the organization. Um, there's a lot of way to maintain, obviously, persistent that what we talked about through what is called a process migration. And that normally allows for them to stay on the move and avoid detection and the migration allows the adversary to move from one compromise, uh, let's say, process um, to another compromise process. Common practices, um, which is actually in penetration steps and basic um, capability of, for example, the tools that exist for legitimate um, um, testing of the fences of an organization such as Metasploit um, framework. Um, it essentially uses typically leverage which is DLL injection exploit, um, and so on and so forth. Now, there's a lot more techniques and tools that we can talk about, but let's just um, talk about something that is called code caving, um, which a lot of tools actually um, detect nowadays. It might be a bit old, but it's still um, feasible, and we still see that. And essentially, the adversary is hiding malware in a legitimate application to track users um, to think that they have good software. Um, this can then be used to replace business application with a tumbled um, version. And um, you can probably know that this happens time and again um, because um, the recent events at the turn of the year um, essentially can't be tantamount to what I'm actually talking about. So malware then can hide in plain um, sight because it's within a legitimate piece of code that might potentially be signed with a legitimate um certificate and how do you detect that and, and this is essentially um, the types of um, activity that are done through a, um, a supply chain attack so essentially what you can do is um, recognize the telltale signs of that so what you see essentially is is not what you get um, you see a software that works and and might may actually be something that you were looking for and accomplish your job but behind the scene um, something else is Say um, is at play, um, and the tools such as um, um, you know the the malware that we might have seen um, in the old days um, are not going to be the same tomorrow. Things will keep moving. Um, for example, you know the the ransomware has been you know a, really um, a thorn on the side of everyone in the last few years, and you can think about WannaCry, for example, an exploit technique that leverages um, malicious um, in synchronous process, uh, a process call within the uh, within the Windows operating system, um, taking advantage of the SMP um, protocol through port four four one that exists on pretty much on all Windows at the time, um, and um, that it was what was caused the most devastated thing that we've actually looked at um, in the last I would say couple of years. Um, the wanna cry on the North Patia. Um, ransomware attack. And um, so if we look at just going back to what I've said earlier, such as supply chain attack and um, things that can actually be more 
issue than just um, vulnerability. Here's what something I've said. Someone has said that the um, you know this is probably the um, the the. Um, Taylor Act operation um, of the NSA, Rob Choi, someone who talks um, on security um, a lot, and um, and this is what he said: attackers don't rely on zero-day exploit or unique attacks that take advantage of previously unknown software holes to get into the system. Why? That's because they don't have to. Um, so essentially, what that really means is um, for organization, and this is my certainly my advice is to look at um, security awareness and training. Um, because the adversary doesn't rely necessarily all the time on zero day. So um, as someone I read, um, Peter Drucker said, if you think training is expensive, um, try try ignorance. Um, so the key takeaway really from today's session is essentially um, to do everything you can um, to make sure that you mitigate the risk. And I'm using the word mitigate because you can never bring security to 100% to zero. Um, that's just not going to be um, something that anyone can achieve um, because development of software continues, your business process and um, um, involvement will, will, will keep moving forward and, um, and what you might have hardened and made secure will definitely not going to be the same in weeks or maybe months or years time. So it's an evolving um, landscape and, and it's that target that is keep moving that we need to keep an eye on um so you know all the things that you read and hear every day is the only thing that i can actually repeat really so um patching password uh multi-factor authentication segmentation um, training and awareness which is becoming more and more important today because we need to involve users and actually raise the bar of their knowledge so that they can know what is going on so that they can back off when they see something um, funny i hope that was useful and i will um, certainly see you in the next session take care